You know I'm gonna get you, yeah. Whatever it takes to get there. No, I won't drop you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast, the NFL Draft Episodia. Oh, Jake, we made it. We made it. We're here. NFL Draft Time. Let's fucking go. The best time of the year. Hands down. I can't think of any better time, but good to be here with you, my man, as always. I could say Christmas. Christmas is pretty good. Christmas is pretty good. Christmas, Uh, yeah. Thanksgiving is great. We do like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. dinner, great time. Um, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day, even for the non-Irish. I would say that's a, a, a fun time for all parties involved, but with all due respect to the Irish, all due respect to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to the settlers of the New World and their American Indian brethren, this takes the cake over all of them. This is by far the best day of the year. You'll be hearing this Thursday morning. So you are waking up, you are listening to this podcast, and it is draft day. By the time this goes up, we're going to be about 12 hours away until the NFL draft finally kicks off. And I, th- I think I speak for everybody when I say we've gone through a absolute ringer of a year and three-ish months. So to kind of see this NFL draft is going to be in front of a live audience. We're going to see Goodell on the stage. You're going to see all the hugs back. You're going to see all those classic draft moments that – we didn't get to have last year with Goodell in the basement and with the the love seat and whatever. It, it feels like we're finally getting back to normal here. And I think that's just a very, very comforting sort of feeling. I kind of like that. I obviously wish it was better circumstances, but I kind of like that whole Goodell basement prospect at home watching the reactions. I don't know. I, I kind of liked it, I, but this is cool too. It was personable, but I think it's. I think really, I just the coaches miss the at overall home. the overall draft coverage in general. Now, let me ask you this: before we even go into talking about what the hell we're going to be doing for this episode, we have a lot to get to. This is a loaded draft episode, so if you're into all of your draft gurus and everything like that, this is the, this is the place for you. Of course, if you didn't listen to our uh, mock draft episode, both those came out on Tuesday. Go check those out. And if you are looking for comprehensive uh, player profiles, go back to the last two episodes of the Basement Talk podcast. Jake and I covered offensive and defensive prospects broken down into two separate episodes. So definitely go check those out as well. And of course, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review, which will be greatly appreciated. Um, but before we get into what we're doing, Jake, are you an NFL network or an ESPN guy? NFL Network. Come on, man. I, I hope that's I mean, obviously I'm going away on a trip this year for the first time. Um, definitely looking forward to that. Beautiful, lovely Atlantic City resorts. Hopefully, you know, I make my bank account nice. Uh, I am betting responsibly for everybody out there. But um, hopefully they have. I have a weird feeling it's going to be ESPN at the casino, but I'm an NFL Network guy. Daniel Jeremiah, Rich Eisen. 
can't David Shaw, the white the white whale of college coaches. And like ESPN is like, I really don't need to hear dinosaur Mel Kiper. No. Like, come on, man. Nope. Yeah. I I really don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear fake Mike Greenberg jet fan talk either. Like he doesn't really give a shit. No. Rich Eisen. Now that's a guy that gives a shit. Rich Eisen. And Rich Eisen's a smart dude. He can hold his own. Really smart dude. And when it was when it was Rich Eisen, Daniel Jeremiah, David Shaw, and Mike Mayock. Mayock was great. Holy crap. That was that was a crew. Mayock was, was awesome. Mayock was awesome. Maybe when he gets fired of being GM for the Las Vegas Raiders, he gets to go back to his dig as being a draft analyst for NFL Network. Maybe. Maybe. But with the way their contracts are worked, uh who the fuck be, knows? We might be telling our grandkids about uh, Mike Mayock. <laughs> he'll we, still be the GM of the Raiders. <laughs> and John Gruden. And they'll, and they'll, John Gruden still and they'll cut coach. and they'll get rid of the entire offensive line another twenty times before that. Time and Derek Carr over. will probably still be the quarterback, even though Mike Mayock and John Gruden will want somebody else. It'll still be Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. So, on the show today we have loaded again. So buckle up, bear with me. One quick question on the docket: We have an over under drafted at each position. So what we'll be doing is we'll be going rapid fire through each position group. We'll be just giving one guy a piece on who we think will be overdrafted at the position and who will be underdrafted at the position. We have a little truth-o-meter coming. So I've gathered some rumors that are just kind of making the waves a little bit, and we are going to discuss them and figure out whether or not they're going to be true or not based on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being no chance, 10 being there's a great chance that this happens. And then we have the bold predictions. Jake and I have written down our bold predictions for the first round of the NFL draft. Remember, Adam and I will be doing a bold prediction show for the rest of the draft on Friday, accompanied by, of course, first round reaction, things like that, for more of a fantasy sense. And then, of course, Jake and I will be talking about the entire draft as a whole next week and kind of just putting a bow on uh, on the draft coverage there. So Jake and I will be getting five pre- bold predictions apiece for the first round of the draft for tonight, Thursday. And then at the very end, Basement Bets makes his return. We're going through some props. We're going to be looking at certain lines and trying to help you make some green for tonight's draft. So even though this is the NFL draft show, even though There is a lot to get to. There's still one thing that we have to do. Jake, you've been hyping up your deep sleeper. The time is nigh, my friend. Your deep deep sleeper, please. Deep sleeper. Well, we just saw a great pay-per-view on Saturday night with, obviously, Kamara Usman knocking out Jorge Masvidal. You had Doug Rose getting her belt back. You had Valentina just continuing to be Valentina. Chris Weidman's leg shattering. Chris, Yeah, he just needs to pack it in. Jeez. So my deep sleeper is Colby Covington. Because I got news for everybody. Usman's time is coming to an end because Colby Covington will beat him in a rematch. There's no doubt in my mind. So the first fight was just total bullshit. You had Mark Goddard, anti-Brexit, you know, just hates everything Colby's all about. 
just calling everything against him. Uh, Kamara Usman just facing, uh, faking injuries left and right, calling nut shots when it was a clear kick to the liver that probably would have finished him, but it gave him time to heal up. Fake eye pokes when it was the other eye. He, he can't hang with Colby Covington in the cardio department. He needs those little breaks that Mark Goddard, a guy that hated Colby Covington, gave him the first time. And even that stoppage was bullshit. Colby was still adequately defending himself. It, no way. Like, Jorge Masvidal was knocked unconscious. That's a knockout. No way that that fight should have been stopped. And Colby was up 3-1, to one too. So I'm sure Mark Goddard was thinking in the back of his mind, hey, I got to end this before the judges give this to Colby. He won't be there next time. And Usman... His it's it's over like on a fair playing field. Colby in a new gym, MMA Masters, Colby Covington Incorporated is going to get that welterweight belt. He's the greatest welterweight in the world, in my opinion. Telling you. The Usman hype trains come to I'm seeing some ridiculous takes about Kamara Usman, guy that has like three knockouts in the UFC being the greatest of all time. Give me a break. And he got a knockout on Masvidal after Masvidal completely fucked himself, quite frankly. Masvidal is a te- – I've said it to you. Masvidal is a shitty fighter. People think he's so good because he had that five seconds of fame against Ben Askren. We just mm-hmm. saw what Ben Askren's all about. He's a real serious mixed martial artist and combat sports competitor. Give me a break, dude. He's beaten absolutely nobody, Jorge Masvidal. Even, even his biggest victory other than Askren, Nate Diaz – it was a bullshit stoppage there, too, by the doctors. You saw Nate Diaz do what Nate Diaz does well, and that's get stronger as the fight goes on, as his opponent gets tired. Masvidal is a lazy, like, ugh, so so overrated, man. Like, cool, yeah, he's the street Jesus. He's more like the street Judas, in my opinion. He's so overrated. Like, he's lazy. He does not train as hard as these other guys. I'm telling you guys right now, this guy is all about collecting a check and, and not about winning. So that there's my two cents there. No, I mean, listen, I agree with you. And do, do you think that uh, Covington is going to be uh, next in line? Dana White said so, but we know how Usman likes to run away from Colby Covington. You notice when when Usman beat Gilbert Burns back in, uh, I think it was January, right away he calls out Masvidal because he knows it's an easy fight because Masvidal is not any good. Like, why isn't Kamara Usman calling for Colby Covington? If he wants to cement his legacy as this great welterweight, that's not really that great of a stoppage last time. Don't you want to, you know, put put an exclamation point on the division? No, because he's scared. And he knows Colby's a huge matchup nightmare for him. And on a level playing field, that that's not going to work anymore. Like, he's the cardio king for a reason. Like, he's going to gas this guy. And I think that's when Colby's going to strike and he's going to finish him. And if you get the crowd involved with a pro-Colby crowd, which I think would happen against Usman, in the 305, my it's got to happen in Florida. But if you go to, like, New York or somewhere, they're not going to be pro-Colby. No. No. It, but if it's in Florida, oh, my God, that place is going to be off the chains. Colby, Colby's the king of Florida. Vegas, you think they'd be uh, Colby or Usman? They seem to be Usman the last time they fought. I thought I thought it was, too. I thought it was, but he definitely had some, sh- some I shouts think, for Colby. I think, I think Florida makes a lot of sense there. Yeah. I really do. American Airlines Arena. In particular, they haven't. I don't think they've hosted a UFC event. Colby's from Miami. I know Miami has been trying to host the U. I don't know. I I listen. I don't want to put you know my name on that. I don't think they've hosted one yet. But this would be this would be the one if they were to host one. This this would be it. I would I would love it. And fair play to the UFC for uh, having a event with full capacity because that was uh, felt like normal. 
It felt like normal. It, it, that's exactly it. It felt like normal. Exactly. Um, my deep sleeper of the week, and I just wanted to bring this up very quickly because I know you are a big, big fan of his work, and that is Mr. Kenny Chesney. Yeah, and I, I'm a fan. I have been – okay. So I, the reason why I bring Kenny up, A, he's an outstanding human being. I'm one of his biggest fans. I've seen Kenny nine times live, fantastic live. But Jake had just informed me that he started tuning in some Kenny Chesney, which I, I am all for. So with that bearing in mind, Jake, I want to hear your top three Kenny songs that you've listened to so far. I can tell you that in just a minute. Well, number one, I could tell you right now, Summertime. I mean – you can't there it probably it just makes me want to roll my windows down and keep driving yep that's what that song is you try and listen to summertime in december it's awful but you listen to summertime around in now the months of april maybe like late march you can get away with it late march to labor day weekend it's a bot it's it, it's a summer bot which i mean gets what kenny does he bring he and brings out bops all the all the pretty girls <laughs> another fantastic song and the third one's kind of tough i'm not gonna lie the song with pink's kind of good setting the world on fire it's a great yeah. song like i didn't even think that was pink at first either i'm like who the hell is this and like so, so there's a there's a, a story with that and you're talking to kenny's like super fan here so when he released that album that album was supposed to come out about two months before it actually came out, but Kenny put the put the whole album on hold because he had listened to that song and basically said, you know, setting the world on fire needs a woman's voice, and he wanted to change the name of the album. I believe it was, I forget what the name was supposed to be, but then it ended up being Cosmic Hallelujah, and that's when he got the hookup with. Pink and That's Pink awesome. was on it and great song. absolute bop. Now, but I know we have a lot of draft to get into. Yes. Literally, I don't want to spend too much time. This is more of a maybe a next week thing. Sure. I'm surprised your deep sleeper wasn't Matt James again. <sighs> I thought about it, but for the reasons you just listed, there's a lot to wait. get into. And we could talk about the most recent situation with Matt James. For about 25 minutes, if not can. 25 hours. So let's move on next week. Yes, but I will say, Jake, I want you to do your homework because next week when we wrap up the draft, we are doing a Kenny Chesney Mount Rushmore. Possibly, yeah. Not I'm possibly, put, definitely. I'm putting it down. We're doing Kenny Chesney Mount Rushmore and the show. And Matt Matt James discussion. And Matt James discussion. Done. I will we'll lock it in. Deep sleeper for next week will be Matt James. Perfect. All right, Kenny, we love you. Great guy. All right, so we move on. Lots of draft discussion. Now we are just full steam ahead with the NFL draft, of course, being tonight. And we start with a one quick question. This comes from Nico. And Nico says, what player that both of you have as a first-round grade will not be picked in the first round? a really good question a very good question very good question and 
I have a couple of answers. I do too. I'm pretty I have a first round grade on Therese Marshall Jr. I think due to medicals, he's not getting drafted in the first round. I agree. That was um, one of mine as got well. Flagged. I have a first round grade on Landon Dickerson. He's another one due to medicals. Um that I could see not getting drafted in the first round. I think Creed Humphrey might get drafted in the first round, so I won't go with him. So I would say my most confident is Therese Marshall Jr. And then another guy just outside of medicals that I think probably won't go in the first round, but I personally think is a first-round player. I think Liam Eikenberg isn't going in the first round. A lot of people seem to not be high on him the way I am and I know you are as well. That was mine. That was the guy that I had written down yeah. was, was Liam Weird. Eikenberg. And, I mean, I'll give you I'll give you one more. Um, and it's not due to the fact that I don't think he's good. Remember, I have a first-round grade on him. But I just think it comes down to the position that he plays. And I just don't think that running back is going to be – a much hyped up, much talked about position. And yeah, there've been some rumors that have come out today surrounding this player. And that's Travis Etienne. There are a lot of people that think he is going to be picked in this first round. I hope he is. I think he deserves to be picked in this first round, but I just think because of the way that this league is moving to being a QB centric league, we've talked about this now for, I feel like the last three or four years that we're finally moving to this big time armed quarterback league that, you're not going to see Travis Etienne where he should be drafted in the first round. He's a first round talent in my book. He's my number one running back. I don't think he's going to be drafted in this first round. I hope he does, but I don't think he's going to be. So that's, that's the guy that, that I'm going to settle on. But Liam Eikenberg was a fantastic one. That's exactly who I had written down. Keep a close eye on if he is on pace, not to go in the first round, keep an eye on a team like the jets, trading up from 34 to 32 with Tampa, who reportedly does want to trade out of the first round, just so the Jets could use that fifth-year option on ETN and have that at, the, at their disposal. I could see that. That makes a lot of sense. So thank you for your question, Nico. And, and we kept it short, sweet, but hopefully uh, we gave you some, uh, some good answers on that one. All right. So I'm deciding what we're going to do first. If we're going to do truthometer first, we're going to do over-unders first. I think it makes more sense to do the truthometer first. Truthometer. Okay. Let's All right. Do it. So we'll settle. We'll start with the first one. And this actually comes off of the news that was uh, popping off today, where the Denver Broncos acquired Teddy Bridgewater from the Carolina Panthers for a sixth round draft pick. Um, before we get into the truthometer, though, I love this move for Denver. Because I think it brings in a guy who gives some stability at the position while, and this is going into the truth meter, it does not take them necessarily out of the hunt for a quarterback in the first round. So we go into the truth meter here. Jake, the Broncos taking a quarterback at number nine. The truth meter on that, one to ten. One being the less, the least likely, ten being the most likely. I'd give this one about a six. I feel like they are not going to trade up for a quarterback, but – Let's just say they're sitting there at nine and either Trey Lance or Justin Fields is there for them. I really think it would be hard for them to say no. Um, so I'm going to go six, a little bit above average chance, like six, like not too confident, but not like ruling it out entirely somewhere in between a little bit more than in between. I went with a five. I went with a five. I think it just depends on who they feel like will be best fit for this football team. If it is Trey Lance that's there, I think there's a better chance they do take Lance. If it's Fields, I haven't heard too much if they're 
you know, so smitten on field, but I have heard they really, really like uh, Trey Lance. And if all signs are pointing towards what's going on with San Francisco, that it really is a uh, nerds versus football guy war right now between the number three pick and who it's going to be. If it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, the nerds want Trey Lance. The coach wants Mac Jones. The coach is probably going to win 99% of the time. The coach is winning. Yeah, the coach, the coach is going to win. So Mac Jones will probably be the number three pick. I'd be shocked if it would be anywhere else. So it really now comes down to what quarterbacks will be there at number nine. And this is like an extension to this truth of meter, bringing in a new one here. The truth of meter that the Denver Broncos have been getting calls about the number nine pick and the likelihood that Denver potentially trades down from number nine, Jake. I, I think it's pretty likely if Justin Fields is on the clock. I think, let's say, give me, if Fields is on the clock, I think New England at 11 trades up into the top 10 and takes Justin Fields. So I'm going to go with about, I'm going to go with the seven on that. I'm pretty confident. I think if Lance is there, though, I think Denver takes him. I think if Lance is there, Denver will take him. I think if it's Fields, I think there's more of a possibility that Denver would trade out. I think New England at 15 is a, is a great, great shout. That could trade up six spots. But then I'm looking at potentially other teams that that could look to target the Detroit Lions at number seven, the Carolina Panthers at number eight. Could a team look to leapfrog those the leapfrog the Broncos to try and get themselves a quarterback? Say it is Trey Lance, say it is Justin Fields, and then Denver's kind of stuck. Might cost a little much. It 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 definitely could. With some good players on the board. Yeah, it definitely could, especially with the quarterbacks. I mean, if, if it's clear, like let's say it's the Patriots, like the Patriots want to trade up six spots to get a quarterback, it would cost them a bit more if it were the Patriots jumping up six spots for a receiver. Yeah, and if you're Denver, it's like, you know, your pick, you have so many receivers and the players going in the top 10 are mostly offensive players. You kind of have a set offense aside from quarterback. Maybe a tackle, but you're probably not going to get the option of Sewell or Slater. I'd be shocked if Carolina stayed there at eight and didn't select Rashawn Slater. So to trade from nine all the way down to like who's another team, like the Washington football team maybe that would like to trade up. Yeah. That's a difference of tier of defensive player right there. At nine, you could have your pick at the litter. You could easily be picking the first defensive player off the draft board. To me, that's a drastic difference than if you were picking 19. Well, here's another There's one 11, too. Not really. Two. Here's another one. Say a team is very confident that the Cowboys are going to draft Patrick Sertan at ten. Does a team look to trade up over Dallas to get Sertan at number nine? I'm telling you, like I'm going to spoil one of my bold predictions right now. That guy could be J.C. Horn. Could be. Based on you know what I what I heard was there's teams that definitely have J.C. Horn as their top corner. Like it is not a consensus agreement across the league that Patrick Sertan is the number Dallas very well could draft JC Horn over Patrick Sertan at 10. I would throw up. I would I throw really, up because everything, everything that I've heard, I checked in with a Cowboys source of mine today and they've said that it's down between Sertan and Horn. I, I'm telling you, I heard something along the same lines. I didn't hear who it was, but they're, they're very much into Horn. Like, yeah, they are. it's like, you know, to me, honestly, it kind of feels like Jerry is more on the 
Patrick Sertan, like bigger name, Alabama. Yep. And like more of the football guys dove into the tape and were like, hey, hold on now. Like we got us, we have something to think about here. But it could just be me just uh, guessing wrong. So let's go on to speaking of Jerry Jones. The likelihood, the truth o meter behind Jerry Jones trading up to get Kyle Pitts a zero or a one. Mine was a negative 27. There's that no, yeah, it's, we don't even need to chance. waste time on this. He's going four to the Falcons. It's over. Yep. I, I agree. And we can all, us Cowboy fans can collectively breathe a sigh of relief. Because I mean, every, every Cowboys fan, every Cowboys fan that I, that I know and that I've talked to does not want pits. Does not want pits. I mean, it, it could be worse. <laughs> could be worse. It, it, it could be worse. I think you'd have the. I mean, I don't. I don't even want to say you'd have the best offense in the league on paper because I don't know how true that is. The Cowboys have drafted corners high in the draft that have not worked out before. Mentioned Morris Claiborne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, it could be worse. Terrence uh, Newman as well. I mean, Terrence Newman. Yeah, he was a pretty good cowboy. He was. He was a great cowboy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he was. He was he that elite shut down corner drafted in the first round sort of deal. No. no. No, but he was a very consistent performer during his time in Dallas, and he and he had a really long, very good NFL career. Yeah. But Morris Claiborne was a complete disaster who they traded up to get. Traded up to get Morris Claiborne, and they were this close, this close, to making the ungodly mistake of dra- of signing Namdi Asamoah before the Eagles swallowed that pill for us. The so- Jets almost did, too, to pair with. With Darrell Rivas, two yeah. best corners in the league at the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, we will move on from the truth on meter. Let's go to over under at each position. So, what we're going to be doing, of course, like I said before, we're going to be going through each position group and we're going to be giving one guy rapid fire that will be overdrafted and will be underdrafted at each position group. So, let's start with the quarterbacks i'm gonna pick and choose the positions just because like for example defensive tackle not even gonna go there because defensive tackle is just horrid so and it's like it's not even a first round pick of the pits obviously it makes no sense to even go in that direction so hit me so let's start with the quarterbacks so jake you're overdrafted and then you're underdrafted at the quarterback position please yeah, I mean, overdrafted for me is Justin Fields. I, I think he's probably going to be a top 10 pick in no way. I, I put Justin Fields slash Trey Lance. I'm sorry. They're not top 10 picks, in my opinion. No. Like, you, a lot of people say Mac Jones, but I, I I, think he's more worthy of that selection than those other two guys. So, Justin Fields. So, he's over under. Kellen Mond, easy. Uh, I'm going to go with – Overdrafted. I'm going to go with a name that people have been starting to speculate could be in that first round discussion. I'm going to go with Kyle Trask. First round? Potentially. With, with yes. Kyle, with, with uh, Kellen Mond still not going. Uh, it's just, I hate, I, I don't I hate get this it. whole process. I, I don't get it. I Kyle really Trask. don't. Trask. And I like, I like Kyle Trask. I don't. But not in the first round. I mean, Christ. For, I mean, I mean, this is prime silly season. I just want to also no, put there's... that out there. But there's a lot of teams, especially in the back end, that are have veteran aging quarterbacks that are very interested in taking potentially Kyle Trask. So I think it's, it that that's one. one overdrafted. Overdrafted for me. 
underdrafted. I'm going to go and, and people are going to shoot me for this because, I mean, they're going to say underdrafted. Are you kidding? Mac Jones. Mac nah. Jones. Mac Jones, because I think he can be, he can be as good as Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, given the right situation. I think where he's, if he were to go yeah. number three, he'll be in a great situation. As much as I love Mac Jones as a prospect, no, I just don't think he offers. And like it's actual, it's not just, oh, because Justin Fields is fast, he offers more upside. I just think the other two guys are way better throwers of the football than Mac Jones. And nothing against Mac Jones, like, but. I, I personally don't. And, and listen, the fit is everything. In San Francisco, he could definitely put up better numbers, especially right away. Like, that's a golden situation for a quarterback. Absolutely. All right, so we move on to the – we'll go to the receivers. We won't talk much about the running backs. This is a very uh, bland uh, running back class. Let's go to the receivers. Uh, overdrafted and then underdrafted, Jake, for the receivers. Overdrafted for me is definitely Rashad Bateman. We've mm-hmm. we talked about him at length. Underdrafted, I would have to go with – now, this one's a tough one. I actually think Cardarius Tony, who I've heard is falling out of the first round all of a sudden. What? Yeah. If Big he's team. out of the first round, my God, he's a, he's a top 20 pick for me. Like, top 20, top 25 is his floor. So, it's it's an, it's an underdraft for me. Overdrafted, my guy was Rashad Bateman. I, I could try and sound controversial and say one of the top three. I'm not going to. I'm not going there. I'm putting my reputation on the line for that one. I'm going to say Rashad Bateman. And then underdrafted, I'm going to go for Therese Marshall. Okay. I think he doesn't get past 38 if the Bengals wisely don't draft Jamar Chase at five and draft Penny Sewell. I think 38 makes a ton of sense to, the, to Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, put it this way. If Rashad Bateman's going in the first round, Therese Marshall's going to be going in round two. I mean, that's that's just oh you listen you you don't need ups, to convince me of that ups, oh no I don't no I don't I mean just oh Christ and it's nothing against Bateman again but no no not a no, first round no, pick. It is not nothing, for my money nothing against Bateman but for me I mean the more I mean I've just done some last minute film study on a lot of these receivers and I'm like 50 50 on and Therese Marshall I mean Jesus he jumps off the page and Dimey Brown's another one for me completely Dimey, underdrafted Dimey Brown's a great one Dimey Brown is one of my quickly becoming one of my favorite receivers in this draft and a, and a deep one is Anthony Schwartz, a guy I know you, that you like a lot. Yeah. To me, he's a very good flyer, a lit, quite literally and figuratively. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So let's go to the offensive linemen. Uh, we'll do the tackles. So I don't think we'll talk about the guards and we'll talk about the centers. We'll just, we'll just stick to the tackles. Uh, Jake, actually I'll go first with this one. Uh, Overdrafted, I'm going to go – I'm going to be very, very, very basic on this one. Overdrafted, Penny Sewell. Underdrafted, Rashawn Slater. I think they should be flip-flopped. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's apples and oranges. I like both guys, too. I, think, I do, too. I do, too. But I yeah. think Slater is, is, Slater is more my cup of tea. I'm going to go more of outside of that realm. I think overdrafted for me is going to be Alex Leatherwood, who is being rumored as a first-round pick now crazy i watched a lot of alabama football alex leatherwood's not a first round pick no he's not there's him and then underdrafted i don't want to repeat myself and say liam eichenberg but honestly 
How about Tevin Jenkins as underdrafted? I I have I feel like he is a, a fast riser, but I mean he has a little bit more. And Christian Darrisaw has some medical red flags. I don't know if you saw that recently. Maybe that could kind of plummet his draft stock a little bit. But like if you're picking, like give me a team that's in like the teens. Uh, Raiders needs attack. Oh, Raiders. Raiders. Like if you're the Raiders and you don't have an offensive line, like how do you not draft him? Washington football team too. You still yeah. need a replacement. Yeah. Like he he is literally the and my good friend Connor Lives he told me this too, the most nastiest offensive lineman in this draft class. So I'm I'm going Tevin Jenkins, but Liam Eikenberg too, obviously. So really quickly, you think he's you think Tevin Jenkins is closer to Rashawn Slater and Penny Sewell than he is to a Liam Eikenberg or yes. Alex Otherwood? Okay, I do. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I I definitely do. But I do obviously. I think uh, Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater are definitely. I feel like they're in another tier than him. To be quite honest with you, I feel like. I feel like um, what do you call it? Like Vera Tucker, who's kind of like that guard. Well, Tevin Jenkins is too. He's kind of like that guard tackle hybrid. Even yeah, though I he think could, he could play both. He could play both. I think then you have that tier of Vera Tucker, and. Tevin Jenkins. And then honestly, the medicals are a little concerning with Darisaw. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't like my my offensive tackles coming in here already having injury issues. Like that's that's a red flag for me. Yeah, and, and there I are think... there are a lot of teams who at least I know of there are at least four or five teams that are in the market for offensive tackles specifically that already have just said no to Christian Darisaw. I'm telling you, we'll get the basement bets, but Tevin Jenkins under 24 and a half. God, you throw your throw the house on it. Yeah, man. Throw I would put my cards all in. Especially with the, the question marks with uh, Christian Darisaw, especially. Uh, all right. So let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Let's go to the defensive ends. One of the deepest draft, uh, deepest parts of this draft. Uh, Jake, go ahead. Over underdrafted. Overdrafted. And I like the player a lot. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I think Cody Pay is going to get overdrafted. Um, I don't want to spoil too much ammunition there. And I think Jalen Phillips is being underdrafted because he's a top, he's a top eleven pick. I'm sorry if he's if he's slipping past the Giants at eleven. I'm sorry. Like there's there's some teams not doing their uh, their jobs. Well, you I think a lot of teams. That talent. A lot of teams. I I checked in with someone today about Jalen Phillips, and one of the biggest concerns with Phillips is the medicals. Man, if he's there at 23, I am screaming through the TV. Wow. Dude, if you pair, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but if you pair fantasizing Jalen Phillips with Carl Lawson, Quinn Williams, Sheldon Rankins. It's a nasty defensive line. That's where I can see what the plan is, but that's yeah, that, that would be but nasty. Phillips, he's, he's, a, he's a top 11 pick for me. Hundred uh, percent over overdrafted for me. I'm going to go with Aziz Ojolari, and underdrafted. I'm going to go with. I would say Jalen Phillips. I'm going to go with Carl's Basham. I've soured on Bash a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. He's like a little bit of an older prospect. I like him a lot. I think he. I think he's well seasoned. I think his his power is really what sets me back, and that's why I really like him. Yeah, um, but. I mean, this is this is a very very deep class. I think Basham can really do a lot of uh, a lot of good things, and Aziz Ojolari, 
I mean, I've gone back and I've really watched him. If you listen to the, uh, I believe it was a defensive prospect show where I said this, I'm, I'm not, he's, he's, exactly a, sure. he's an upside guy that yeah, you're, you're projecting what he can do. He's an upside guy and he's a fit guy. You need to get him in the right spot. I think where we said on the mock draft where uh, I mocked him to the saints, I think it's a great spot for him, but I think Robert Sala's defense is a great spot for him too. Yeah. You, you put number 23, 23 to the jets. I think it's another really great spot for him. Cause you're surrounding him with talent with really, really good talent. So Ravens, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. I really don't. Um, all right, so we'll skip the, the tackles. Let's go to linebacker. Uh, I'll take this one. Um, overdrafted, I'm going to go with... Hmm. Overdrafted, I'm going to go with Micah Parsons. But hear me out. And then underdrafted, I'm going to go with um, Jeremiah Osu Karamoa. Just because when you look at those two there's about a 15 pick difference as to where I think they can go. And I think Jeremiah Wosu Korma is probably in terms of if you're looking for a speed linebacker that can just run and hit people that that's your guy. And in coverage, he's great as well. So you put all those things together. He should be closer to, to Micah Parsons. In, in my opinion, that's why I'm saying Micah Parsons will be overdrafted in relation to the rest of this linebacking class, which is really a, a deep, deep class. Owusu Karamo is a Jamal Adams. That's exactly who he reminds me of. Because Jamal Adams, to me, is more of a linebacker than he is a safety. I've always thought that. Um, but I agree with you. I think Micah Parsons gets a little overdrafted. I think top 10 is really rich for my blood. I think yeah. Denver pops so- out to me in Detroit. I don't think I don't have a top 10 grade on him. And underdrafted, I'm going with. I would I would say Jabril Cox, man. I, I was saving I, that I think, for you. I was going to say Jabril Cox, but I saved it for you. I just don't understand how he's outside of people's top fifty. Like, I don't know. Maybe we're just watching. Maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. But I I try to be right, and I'm not just saying this for no. attention or clout. He's a top fifty player for me. I I have no complaints. He's a top fifty player for me as well. And you look at you look at the history of LSU linebackers. It's a damn good one. I like my returns. Yeah, it's a damn good history. All right, so we won't talk about the safeties. Let's talk about the corners, though. Another very very deep position group. Uh, Jake, hit us. Overdraft. I think Greg Newsom. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> And like this is a real possibility for my team, but I, like we like we say, we could, you know, find a way to back it up. I really don't think he's a first round pick. To be completely honest with you, durability issues didn't really see it consistently enough. I have a hard time picking him in the first round. Underdrafted. Now this is where it gets dicey. I'm sorry, no matter what those met and Alice and I'm not looking at any medicals. All right, I'm not a doctor, but. From what the player says, what the agency says, what some other people I listen to say, he'll he'll be okay. Dude, Caleb Farley possibly falling out of the first round is an absolute slap in the face. An absolute slap in the face. He he should be if you're 16 Arizona and not taking Caleb Farley, I feel like you're just not doing your job. And you just don't really care about getting lit up every single game on defense. And that probably won't change. Simple as that. 
Overdrafted for me is J.C. Horn. Underdrafted for me, I'm going to go with uh, Aaron Robinson out of uh, UCF. I know he's one of your uh, your him. favorite corners, Jake. I, I like him too. I talked about Tay Gowan on the Defensive Prospect Show. like him a lot as well. So uh, you could make a case for either one of the UCF corners as underdrafted candidates, and I would absolutely hear it. I actually think teams are higher on Aaron Robinson in the scouting community. That's why I, I thought about him, though. I've I've heard that there are some teams that really, really like him. Yeah, like yeah, 100%. That's why I didn't put him, but I, I see the logic there. All right, so that is all she wrote for over-under. The crux of the show. The bold predictions for the first round for tonight's first round. I I mean, Jake, I don't know. I don't know about yours. Mine are. I don't want to say they're steaming, but there there's some spice to this. Yeah, well, I'll start the show then. I guess go for it. I think Jamin Davis is going to be a top twenty pick in this draft. I really do. And he's been a fast riser of mine. I think Miami at I think Miami at 18 is uh it's sticking out to me. That screams Jamin Davis to me. And I think that's a wonderful fit for him. I do too. I do too. I think it's a really really good fit. Oh, I you know I like I like that one. I've heard he's a, he's been a fast riser. I mean, I I I still I don't want to say I struggle with Jamin Davis. But then again, there are some things that a lot of people see that I don't with him, but he can play. He could play. No doubt. The one year of production scares a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. But I think with the brilliant defensive mind, like Brian Flores, I I think he'll be fine and just keep getting better. And as he learns more playing the sec too, like that, that's no joke. Like, no, that's no joke. That is no joke. All right, so my first bold prediction that I have here. Um, six quarterbacks we've taken in the first round. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and then one of Kellen Bond, Kyle Trask, or uh, Davis Mills. Place that bet, plus 400 odds on uh, one of my uh, odd looker sites say the least i think you're gonna see someone take one of those three quarterbacks I, you know what i'm going to do tomorrow i'll send you the slip i'm gonna put a, a ulysses s grant mm. on that prop and i'm gonna send you the slip and i hope it wins i uh, you know what jake i'm gonna join you i'm gonna join you with the 50 you're on i have i, I don't want to i let's just say Maybe a month ago, I have a good amount of money on Mac Jones going third. I know basement bets isn't until later on in the program, but while we're on the subject of long shot, well, this isn't a long shot anymore, but it was plus 300 odds at the time. Looking at a nice payday, potentially. Niners, don't. Uh, That that 50 will be covered and then some. Yes. Yes, indeed. My friend. And then some. Um, If you asked me on the spot who I think. Will be the sixth quarterback. If it was up to me, it would be Callan Bond. If it's up to the teams, I think it'll be Kyle Trask. I think it's going to be the Stanford guy. Davis, Davis Mills. Mills. I've heard a lot about him as well. I think that's who it's going to be. If, if it were to be a guy, 
but yeah, uh, I, I, I personally don't know if I see it, but I, I see your, your logic there. So I think someone, there's always a shock. There's always yeah. a shock. And what do we know about this league? You have to have a quarterback. Have to. Yeah, have so to. There's, there's the potential there for six quarterbacks, and I would not be surprised if uh, that were to uh, to happen. Jake, yeah. Jake, your next bold prediction, sir. I have Jalen Phillips falling outside the top 20. As sad as it makes me, I, I think teams are just going to say, oh, medicals. Ah. And uh, I think we're going to be looking back at this like, how the hell did this happen? <laughs> like, I hate to say it, but I, I, I said he is not a first round pick. That was one of my, no. bold, that was one of my bold no. predictions. No, 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 no. I no, think no. he is. I think he is. No, but I think, I, I of... think he's not getting past the 23rd pick. I, I've, I don't know. I've been told, uh, I'll reveal this later on the show. I've been told another guy as well, but based on a conversation that I had, I don't expect this guy to be there at 23. I do expect Jalen Phillips to be there at 23. No, uh, I, I think that one is, I think, you, I think you're, uh, it's bold. Oh, man. It's bold. bold. I, I, I hope not. I hope not. I think he if, look at, put it this way. If he does fall out of the first round, he's going to make 32 teams look absolutely silly for passing him the first time around. Then he won't then pass he's 34. Make... <laughs> no, no, he won't. He won't. Uh, because, I mean, if I go into this one, the bold prediction I was going to say next was Jalen Phillips falls out of the first round and is still selected before his teammate, Gregory Russo. Okay. Um, that was what I was it. going to say. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a weird feeling Rousseau goes in the first round. It's not one of my bold predictions, but I think he's going to the draft. Like somebody had to have tipped him off. I don't think you go to the draft and go through that embarrassment during, during a pandemic and not get drafted in the first round. That's just my opinion. I'll give you, I'll give you another one then that is completely different. It's about your boy, Caleb Farley, uh, Caleb Farley will be drafted as the third corner off the board and will have a better NFL career than the two corners drafted ahead of him in J.C. Horn and yeah. Patrick Sertan. Yeah, to me, he's Darrell Revis and Jalen Ramsey. I, I I really think that highly of him. It's, full, it's high praise. It's high praise. I like him a lot. It's just the medicals. He stays healthy. I think he has the, the, the sky's the limit for him. My next bold prediction is still on the subject of corners and a guy who I've heard is a very fast riser on boards and has a teammate that is pretty high, not on pretty high on the consensus boards that, you know, all mock drafts. I think Tyson Campbell is a first round pick somewhere in this draft. Uh, you know, it's very funny because I've heard the same exact thing. Yeah, I think Tyson Campbell's, I think he's a first round pick. He, I've had to me. I've he's had, the Damon Arnett of this year. You know, I don't, I don't. I think I, I don't think that's a bad take at all. Because I've, I've had to do some, some looks into it, and he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a smart player, and I think what we've seen in 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 the past is teams would rather, and I don't know if I would run my football team this way per se. But teams have an affinity for players who are smart versus players that jump out of the gym. At least the 
well-run good teams do. That's what we've seen win championships in the past is putting together guys that are smart football players before they are athletic freaks. Which I'm not saying it's a bad thing if you're an athletic freak, but it just pays more in the eyes of NFL teams to have more of a football IQ than it is, you know, if you can squat 425. I agree. I agree. So who's up? You or me now? I am up. And I am going to go with, I'm just trying to think of which one I want to say here. Um, all right. Here's one I know you, you won't agree with, but it's a bold one. Uh, no, you know what? I won't, I won't go with that. I won't go with that one. I'll say that one. Uh, the New York Giants, my favorite team in the world. I had to mention the Giants on this show. I just, I just love getting under the skin of Giants fans. It's great. The Giants pass on Devonta Smith and draft Rashawn Slater. To me, that's smart business. It's a fantastic pick. I, I, I would love it. hundred percent. I don't know, man. Something about Devonta Smith just screams Joe Judge guy. Something about him. Well, besides the fact that Joe Judge was once a disciple of Nick Saban. He's like one of those smart, naturally born leaders, reliable, dependable, not injured. Makes a lot of sense. And and Dave Gettleman put all of his cards in the middle for Daniel Jones. I think he wants the best possible situation around him. I think they get him another weapon. Um for them to really know what he is and Dave Gettleman to have a fighting chance. That's just my gut feeling, but I agree yours is you know, it's bold, but I, I could see it. I think the smart football decision would be at least to keep the fans happy would be getting Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle, any there. receiver that's, that's there at the top three, which odds are one of them is going to be there. However, I don't think, Devonta Smith really is going to help Daniel Jones's cause if Daniel Jones is getting flattened on his ass five, six times a game. I don't think it helps. Him. They they drafted Andrew Thomas last year in the first round, too. So you really going back to the well with another borderline top 10 pick for an offensive tackle. Fair. Like that really doesn't the analytics might not back that up. Um, I don't I'm not one of those uh, computer guys, but. Um, I also don't think Slater's there for them at 11. No, no way he gets outside the top 10. I think Dallas Dallas won't take him. So it would take a team probably having to trade up to get him. I think Carolina takes him at eight. If Carolina stays, I think Carolina takes him at eight. Well, that, and there's also some rumors out there that Carolina wants to add another receiver. I don't buy it. I don't buy uh, it either, but at uh, the same the first time, round, nah. at the same time, though, you could tell me you have DJ Moore underneath and you have, let's say it's Jalen. Let's say it's, let's say it's Devonta Smith, Devonta There's Smith on the outside of Robbie Anderson. You know, you, you have something there to and, at least give Sam Darnold a fighting chance. And they could cut Robbie Anderson after the draft too. For they seven could. and a half million dollars. They could. I don't think for 12 they will. million. I think it was, I, yeah. I, I read that, you know, that could be a surprise if I'm the Jets. If Robbie Anderson's like, oh, you're there. Bring him back. You're I there. Ba- I, oh, I was had to see him go, but 
Um, yeah, I think Slater makes a lot of sense there, but I see where you're coming from. Jake, your next one. Number you three. See, my This one, to me, I don't know if you want to call it too bold. I have a weird feeling Quiddy Pay is a top 15 pick in this draft. I think that's bold. I, I do. Um, not my favorite. Um, but, yeah, I, I have a hard time believing he gets past Minnesota at 14. I think the Chargers make a lot of sense for him at 13. I know everybody is so like, hey, defense, uh, offensive tackle. I, you're not, I feel like reaching on Christian Derrissaw there isn't the smartest business. Rashawn Slater, different idea. Totally different scenario. Yes, you take him. But you need to replace Melvin Ingram on that defensive line to give Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, another running mate. I think Quiddy Pay fits that system pretty well and I think is, is a pretty good plug and play for them. Um, and they obviously need a pass rush. Defensive coach in Los Angeles coaching the Chargers now, Brand Staley. Yeah, Brandon, right? Yeah, it's Brandon Staley. I think I got it right. I didn't want to say yeah, the did. offensive lineman. Nope. So you got it. I got it. Yay. I see it. I, I I don't think he gets past the top 15. I don't mind it. I think, that, you know, if you can tell me, I think it really just depends on what the Chargers feel about Tevin Jenkins, if he's there, how they feel about Christian Darasaw and his medicals. And if they're not a fan of Jenkins, of Jenkins, if they are not comfortable with the medicals of Darasaw, then you could see them go the route of taking another edge rusher to to replace the departed Melvin Ingram. I think that's a that's a great shout, Jake. I, I really do. Um, all right, next one, next one up for me. Uh, I'm gonna go with a bit of an interesting one. Uh, the Washington football team. I'm just going to hit on every NFC's team. I said Dallas. I've talked about the Giants. Now I'm going to talk about Washington. I don't have one for Philadelphia, so we don't need to worry about that. Uh, Washington trades up, but not for a quarterback. Who are they taking? They will trade up, and they will select Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons is one of those guys that slides. I don't know if teams are trading up to get a guy with that many character concerns. Fair. Um, but if we did like a buy sell buy sell segment, man. I don't know. I'm kind of selling Micah Parsons a little bit. I love him. He's still my number one linebacker linebacker talent off the ball. But sure. I don't know, man. He just doesn't really seem like that dude. I tell me. you. I would normally say in this sort of situation that, yes, I agree with you. However, you take a guy that has character concerns like Michael Parsons does, and you put him on a football team that's coached by Ron Rivera, those character concerns will be gone quick. And I don't ever like putting stock so much into saying, oh, yeah, you take this bad seed and you put him with Ron Rivera, and all of a sudden that bad seed is going to, blossom into a white rose you know i don't like doing that but in this case i will because we we were singing the praises of the washington football team when they hired ron rivera and it turns out this has probably been the best thing that dan schneider has ever done for this football team was hire yeah. ron rivera i don't know man he i just feel like if you have character issues you have character issues like it's tougher tiger to change their stripes in a night you know what i'm saying 
Yes, but but that's a good situation, no doubt. I think, but I think also you can have character issues, and you can contribute. I look at a guy like Des Bryant, great example. His were a lot different, though. A lot different, absolutely, totally get it. But when Des stepped on the football field, he did his business and, and he but contributed. Des- yeah, but Des was a receiver, though. Like, when you're an inside linebacker, you're the captain, the quarterback, and the CEO type for the defense. You know what I'm saying? It, it's a totally different feel and vibe. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a gut feeling. I don't want to sound like uh, I'm hating on the kid, but it's just this, the facts are the facts. And No, no, um, they're, they're valid concerns, but I think the fit there in is terms definitely of there, yeah. it, it, it's there. And if you, I would, I would even say, in the teams that really need a linebacker that just jump off the page to me, Ron Rivera, like that fit is just, it's it's like a match made in heaven. Again, I would be. We talked about it before. I would be really surprised if the Denver Broncos did not take him, whether that be at nine or, I think the only logical trade back scenario for them would be fifteen to New England if Justin Fields was still on the sure. board at number nine. And I think he would be there for them at 15. I would be, I'd be pretty surprised if, well, if uh, maybe and, Washington jumps them in that and scenario. I, and but, I did say the bold prediction was that Washington just trade up for him. So I know, I know, I know it's bold. It's, it, it's bold. We need, we need to, uh, you know, go a little bit outside, outside the box, but I, I do think Washington do trade up though. Cool. But deal. I go, definitely see that. Go ahead, Jake. Number four. This one brings a tear to my eye. I think Green Bay finally does right by Aaron Rodgers and gives him a first-round wide receiver. I don't know who it's going to be. It has the feels of a Kadarius Tony because he screams in Aaron Rodgers' mold. How about a little bit of a wild card outside of Tony? How about one of your guys? How about Rondell Moore as kind of that Randall Cobb replacement that has kind of been missing out of the Green Bay offense? Jake, I was just about to say that. It's music to my ears. Yeah, as a guy who contribute on special teams. Yeah, a guy for them in the on maybe day two, if they don't go day one wide receivers, Dwayne Eskridge is another yep. type from that mold. Amari Rogers. Corey so, Davis 2.0. A lot of a, a smaller Corey Davis 2.0, I smaller would say. Smaller Corey but Davis yes. 2.0, yes. Um yeah. Aaron Rodgers gets a number one the first round wide receiver, finally. <sighs> And about, Devontae Adams can finally start seeing less double teams, hopefully. How about, I, I think this is one that was brought to my attention today. And this, the fit and the sense that this makes is Rashad Bateman. Uh, I think that not, fit for me is me, just. Yeah, but. Oh, my Lord. No. I'm, I think more and Tony are more of what oh, they need than Rashad Bateman. You get a you get a speedster underneath that can really just rip open an I, opposing defense with Devontae Adams in tow. Yes, I mean, ho- holy shit! I tell you what, though, uh, you know now we're on the subject of Rashad Bateman. I have a hard time believing he gets past twenty five to Jacksonville. I think Urban stays inside the Big Ten and drafts Rashad Bateman. I think they really surround Trevor Lawrence with a lot of playmakers. I think they they lost Keelan Cole, so they definitely need another receiver now. I think. Um, I think Bateman makes sense there. Team, especially with two firsts and two seconds, I think so. I would think. I mean, and I'm. I have not heard anything about this. I'm just speculating here. 
I would think if there's a fall from, for Christian Darasaw, and you could say to Jacksonville, they can get themselves an offensive lineman to protect Trevor Lawrence. They're they're blowing a hamstring it. to go make that pick. Yeah, that would be a pretty big fall for Darasaw. Yeah, because he I think he, Pittsburgh he's a top fifteen though. talent. Yeah, Pittsburgh at twenty four isn't letting him pat, letting him slip no, by. I, I no, don't, I don't, I don't think, so. I don't think so either. Especially now that they uh, don't have Alejandro Villanueva anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. but yeah, I see your point though. But you could tell me they get that they get that. Yeah, it's a, it's a possibility. But I still think, I mean, I, I've been, I just uh, in the process of releasing my uh, my mock draft that'll be uh, up on all platforms tomorrow, and I, I said it on the mock draft and. I said it here. Obviously, it's different with the mock draft because I'm only limited to so many picks. But the mock draft choice that I had for 25 with Jacksonville was Trevon Morig out of TCU. And that was the pick that I ended up going with in uh, in the mock as well. Okay. So for me, I was going to say one, but stole my thunder a little bit. I know I'll say it. Uh, with one of the two first-round picks, the Baltimore Ravens do draft a receiver for Lamar Jackson and the second first round pick coming from the Kansas city chiefs where the Baltimore Ravens were sending Orlando Brown to the chiefs, Orlando Brown jr. For those who are going to get all technical on me for three picks, which included a first round pick in this year's draft. Uh, Jake on the mock was basically sobbing into the microphone saying that the Kansas City Chiefs they heard. needed a offensive tackle and they clearly listened to the mock and went and got themselves Orlando Brown, which was a great move for them because they did not need that first round pick. Nope. Great news for Michael, for McCall Harbin for now, for now, good news for him. But I think with one of those two first round picks, I think Baltimore is going to get Lamar Jackson some more help. And I think Rondale Moore, makes a lot of sense. And I think Elijah Moore makes a lot of sense. Elijah Moore, again, is one of the fastest risers in this draft going into going into the first round tomorrow. There's a lot of smoke that he could be a potential first round pick. And I, so. I like Elijah Moore a lot. Yeah, I think he is too. The hype is definitely there. I kind of disagree a little bit on that. Definitely a chance. I think their first first round pick, though, I think they go pass rusher. You just lost Matt Judon. And Yannick Ngakwe. I think a guy like Jason Owe makes a whole lot of sense. If he gets there, if he's there, yeah. Maybe I, I, maybe if Aziz Ojolari falls Tyrone, a little bit. Aziz Ojolari, yeah. Um, I think personally, though, if Jamin Davis is there at 26, I think the Ravens are picking, if I'm not mistaken. Whoa. Yeah. That's now we're talking here. That's like the next Raven linebacker right there. That's a um, great set. But I could see one of them being on a receiver. I agree. But I don't know. Ozzie Newsome, I feel like they have a good chance of trading out of one of those picks, to be completely honest with you. That's just they kind of the Ozzie Newsome school of thought. Absolutely could. They absolutely could. Uh, Jake, your last bold prediction for the first round before we and go into my last, and then we go into basement bets. This is a bold one. No safeties will be drafted in the first round. Mm, I like it. I like it. That's bold. That's bold. I like that. Yeah. All right. So I'll give my my last one. Uh, let's see. Which one do I want to say here? Um, okay. 
I'll finish off my uh, NFC East roundup. I wasn't going to mention this one, but I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll say it anyway. Um, Christian Barmore gets drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. You like the information I provided with you, huh? From my yep. good friend, co-founder of U Stadium, Nick Spano. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think if J.C. Horn is there, though, I think that's a pretty obvious pick for the Eagles. I think if receivers there, that's another back-to-back years of receivers in the first round. I don't know, man. The analytics are not supporting that one. Uh, but you know what? If you if you can go ahead and say that you if Devonta Smith is there, and if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you don't take Devonta Smith, those fans would go nuts. Yeah, but they've yeah they, they didn't take Justin Jefferson last year and they went nuts nope. and they didn't take DK Met. Yeah, I agree with you, but I just feel like they Nick Sirianni, the head coach, thinks he's this receiver guru and thinks he can mold anybody into a, a good receiver in the NFL. I think that's part of the process as well. So yeah, they have huge holes though at corner and an offensive line. Um, they have holes in a lot of spots. Barmore would be a brutal pick, man. My God. Yeah, it would be. It would be. But it, it, hey, it would be a good fit for him yeah. playing alongside Fletcher Cox. But, but that's not what the Eagles need to be doing. They need to be drafting a. I, I'm, I'm still. I'm still planting the stake in the ground. Receiver, offensive line, corner, a, a, any spot in the secondary, safety as well. That they need so much help in this football team, it is just it's it's laughable. Yeah, I agree. It is absolutely laughable how badly that this football team needs some help. So that is the bold predictions part of the show. Let's go into some bets and let's try and get our listeners some cash in their pocket. So I'm going through here and I'm just trying to find some of the best bets here. Um, here's one here that is that kind of jumped off the page before we go to Jake and get his uh, his best props that, that he likes. Um, I'm just going to read some off that uh, that I like here. Um, if you're doing it by team here, which team will draft Justin Fields? If you are on the Pats bandwagon, that is plus 275 there. If you like the Broncos, that is plus 300 there. But the one that I kind of like for Justin Fields, something just kind of says that there's the possibility that Carolina could shock the world and pull the trigger there at plus 325. You could get a, a, an okay return on that if you were to say Justin Fields to to Carolina. I don't think he goes there, but there's some smoke that Carolina could be interested in taking quarterback and 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 shock the world potentially. Let me ask you, what are the Steelers' odds on that? Steelers' odds are plus twenty four hundred. Plus twenty four hundred. I don't know. I uh, this is it for Big Ben. Listen, you could throw you, you throw say you throw ten bucks on it, and you win two hundred forty dollars on it. I mean, pff, just keep going from there. I don't think it's the worst bet you can make at those odds. I'll no. put it there. Want me to go uh, my favorite bet, or how are we doing this? You go, then you know. Uh yeah. So we'll go. Uh, we'll, we'll go, go with back your and favorite. Forth, bet. I guess. Yep. 
My favorite bet is Tevin Jenkins under 24 and a half. I think that's a lock. Um, a little bit of information I was fed was the Jets are pretty smitten with um, Tevin Jenkins and may even look to orchestrate a trade up. And But believe it or not, they will have issues because apparently the Tennessee Titans might look to rectify that Isaiah Wilson. They might have those burned sins from last year's draft of getting burned by Isaiah Wilson. And they might look to correct that and draft him at 22. And another team to watch for Jenkins is another team in the offensive tackle market desperately, and that is the Chicago Bears um, at 20. So that's three teams right there that are inside the top 24. And not not for nothing, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we just talked about, are also in desperate need of a tackle sitting at 24. That's four teams right there. I like my odds a lot. I think that's that's my favorite bet. And it's only got a minus 135 juice, too. Like, it is not a tough pill to swallow. Um, it depends on your sports book, too. But I think anything with Tevin Jenkins and 23 and a half, I think that's a phenomenal bet for the under. All right. So what I think I'm, I want to do, just to kind of close this out, is I have a whole list of props here, Jake. And I think I just want to go through them. And I'll give odds, and let's just have a little fun with this. So cool, rapid fire. Justin Fields. Oh my god, I love I love this pick a lot. Holy uh, holy shit! Justin Fields draft position for the NFL draft over under four and a half. Love the over. It's probably juiced odds though. The over is at minus two eighty. I wouldn't do it just in case someone says, hey, Atlanta, here's three first-round picks. Here's two twos and a three. They're not saying no to that. Um, so I personally wouldn't swallow those odds. Too much of a risk there. Trey Lance over under six and a half. Um, I like over. I like the over as well, and the over right now is sitting at plus 140. I like over. I like the I like the over as well. Uh, Kyle Pitts over under five and a half. I am gonna t- I'm gonna take the under. Under. Um, under is sitting at minus two thirty. So not terrible, but a little Still risky. Do it. A little risky. I wouldn't do it either. Uh, Jamar Chase over under five and a half. I'm taking the over. I bet on the over. Yeah, I I, I like the I bet over on the there. over at minus one hundred five odds. That's exactly uh, where it is right maybe now. Maybe a week ago. That's exactly where it is it right now. It went to minus 135. And now, uh, if you're Cincinnati, it's like just fold the franchise if, if you don't take Penny Sewell. Like, seriously, you're yep. wasting everybody's time. I agree with you, Jake. Uh, Jalen Waddle over under 11 and a half. <sighs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. I'm going over. Okay. Yeah, that, that one. That one I'm on the fence on under sitting at minus one eighty over is at plus one thirty so the money is definitely in the uh, in the over get some uh, value for your buck. Devonta Smith over under eleven and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the over. Going under, I think he doesn't get past the Giants pick. Okay, all right. So then there you go. Uh, Najee Harris over under twenty nine and a half. I'm. It's basically, do you think he goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers or not? If you would have asked me a week ago, I would go under. Now I'm going over. I'm going over as well. Over is sitting at plus 120. 
I like it a lot because a lot of things have changed over the course of the last week. So I like the over there. I think Najee Harris in the second round is a uh, is a good is a good shout. Uh, we talked about this one at the top of the uh, the bold predictions segment. Uh, over under quarterbacks drafted in the first round. The number is sitting at five and a half. I'm going to go with the over plus three thirty five. Yeah, that's where the value is. So I think, takes one. I think it's where the value is as well. If you want to go under running backs in the first round, Jake and I both like Najee Harris at over twenty nine and a half. If you think there will not be a single running back taken in the first round, the under half is sitting at plus two sixty at this moment in time. Um, and of course, we'll go into some head-to-heads here. So who will be drafted first, Jake? Uh, Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater? Penny Sewell. Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts? Jamar Chase. Oh, no, excuse me, Kyle Pitts. I thought you said, eh, you're good. Yep. I agree with, with both so far. Uh, Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle? I'm going Smith, man. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Smith. But there's a part of me that says Waddle. That's one I'm staying away from. Personally. Detroit is the one for Waddle for me, if, if it were to be Waddle over Smith. It's very fair. It's very fair. Um, Patrick Sertan at 10.5 over under. So basically, will he be drafted by Dallas or not? I'm going to go under. Yeah, I, I'm going to go under as well. I think that's where he uh, he ends up. That's sitting at minus 195 right now. So Don't even rule though, out Carolina either for Patrick Sertan. No, no, I, I'm not going to rule that out either. I think, uh, you know, there's definitely some smoke to him being taken in the top 10, even before Dallas comes into the equation. Agreed. So I think that there uh, there's some good value there. And even at minus 190, I don't think it's uh, it's too shabby at all. And we'll have a little fun. We'll have a little fun one here to uh, to end the podcast. Uh so, <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant, pick 256. Will he be an offensive or a defensive player, Jake? I'm going to go offensive, and I think it's a quarterback. Just a gut feeling. I'm going to go defensive. I'm going to say it's a safety. I'm going to go quarterback. I'm going to go I'm gonna go the safety. I'm going to go the safety, because safeties are people, too. So, special teams isn't an option. What if it's a kicker? Hmm. I guess you push that bet. I guess, push I the guess bet it's a push. Or, or no, I, I think it's a loss. I think it. I think that's got to be a loss. Well, it, the only options on here would be offensive or defensive. So what if you get a kicker or a punter? I, I think, think it's a it loss. Probably be, it would probably be because it doesn't give you the option. So it might be. Oh, oh okay. All right. All right. I see. I see what they did. I, I clicked on it, and it gives more information. So if it's a kicker, it counts for offense. If it's a punter, it counts for defense. Very interesting. Yes. Very interesting. And both are sitting at minus 120. So basically, I wish you, you could you bet have a 50-50 shot. The odds of kicker, man. You'll have you'll have people sitting on their freaking couches on Saturday, on Saturday afternoon, the for entire Irrelevant. day, just waiting for Mr. Irrelevant surprise, just to maybe win a couple bucks. Love it. That's what the NFL draft all. is. That is what the NFL draft is, and we absolutely love it. So that is going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk podcast. Of course, everybody, please go and enjoy the draft tonight. We've been waiting for a live draft for the last two years, and we finally get a live draft from Cleveland, Ohio. This is going to be an unbelievable night. Please, everybody, go and enjoy it. Jake, 
please go and enjoy yourself down in Atlantic City. You work like a dog. Go enjoy yourself, please, sir. And please gamble responsibly because I know you'll be throwing the hundreds around tomorrow night. Listen, if anyone's in uh, resorts or in Atlantic City in general, give me a holler. You might, you might catch <laughs> holla, me around there. Holla at your boy. I will be, I will be wearing the throwback Antonio Cromartie Jets jersey. I think You'll I've love decided. to see it. You'll absolutely love to see it. Good friend it. of mine, Antonio Cromartie. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Great American. So, again, that'll be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast. Adam and I will be back with a Basement Talk Podcast fantasy show. That'll be coming on Friday morning. So, tomorrow morning, you'll be hearing a fantasy show from Adam and I wrapping up the first round, giving some fantasy implications from the first round, and then going into more of a bold predictions for the rest of the draft. And then Jake and I, of course, will be back next week wrapping up the draft. And then, of course, talking about more Bachelor drama. And, of course, the Kenny Chesney Mount Rushmore that I know every single person is looking forward to, myself included. So for Jake Simone, I'm Ed Bertzel. Everyone, please have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful evening sitting on your sofas, not tuning out all the bullshit that's going on in the world right now. It's the night for football fans to sit back, relax, and watch out for what your teams do because the future for your football teams starts now, folks. Get ready. The NFL draft is finally here. We've made it. Let's do it. Everyone, please enjoy the draft, and we'll see you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast. Bye-bye.